Conversations of Grace, where we talk about important things that impact everyday life. Our aim is to encourage Christians to think biblically and talk about Jesus. Chris, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well. I'm halfway through my cup of coffee and almost ready to go. Yeah, almost. Okay. <laughs> how are you going? I'm okay. I'm good. I'm ready to go. And, okay. Uh, I, what have you I been drinking? My- well, again, filter. It's my yes. hipster blend. Uh, yeah, awesome. It's a geisha. I said that last week. You Can did. I've I got to confess. I don't know what that means, man. What uh, does geisha mean? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a kind of – is it? Is it? No. I, you know, there you go. I don't know either. Yeah. I thought it, it might no have to really do knows. with the process the beans okay. have gone through or it's about the size of the bean. Because right. there's, you know, there's a whole thing about that. But I think it's People a process because like there's it. a definite flavour to them that when they're uh, geisha beans and they're, they're, you have to pay a lot more for them. Mm, well, uh, I have a new, a a new packet of beans. I'm just going to take it here for the listeners at home. It's a non-visual medium. So this is uh, a ponte or a pont, a pont, no. I can't. Oh, yeah. It's from Colombia. Aldi brand, isn't it? No. <laughs> Filter coffee. Uh, from <laughs> Narino, Colombia, located wow. in I cut somewhere a canyon. Okay, uh, honey process, best within four weeks of roast day. <laughs> okay, we don't need to read the packets. Okay. <laughs> well, normally they tell me about what I'm going to experience in in flavor profile, but nothing. It's minimal today, minimal, which is on theme, minimal. isn't it? Which is why is that? Because what are we talking about? Minimalism. Should Christians be minimalists mm. you know the whole we're we're right in the pocket of hot takes two years ago about Marie Kondo <laughs> and kind of her <laughs> method of sort of simplifying life and uh you know sometimes Christians kind of talk about this worry about this are concerned mm-hmm. that their life is too complicated too busy too full uh, too yeah. much stuff and should should they simplify and be minimal and so I'm really I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because I you know i I don't know. I don't know the answer. Actually, I don't know what I what even my answer is. I feel kind of um, I'm, I'm sort mm. of a frustrated minimalist, a non-practicing minimalist. I wish I could be a minimalist, but yeah, in various well, ways I struggle. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, as I've been talking with people this week in the lead up to this, like just trying mm. to get some thoughts. Uh, that's exactly the sentiment that most people seem to be expressing. You know, I want to be, I feel like it's the right thing to do. But anyway, actually, I won't yeah. go too far down that line because I actually asked a few people. Oh, wow. Um, for, yep. So I'm going to play some some of their thoughts. But before I do, nice. okay, I've actually got a surprise for you. I recorded. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, I recorded an intro <laughs> for this. So I thought this could be a new segment for us called What Do You Reckon? All right? All right. Okay. Hit, hit okay. All right. Tell me what you think. Honest feedback, all right? I poured my heart out into this. Okay, ready? What do you <laughs> that is terrible. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Was that me? Did you take my voice from somewhere? And No, that's me. That's me. Oh, really? Okay. What do you reckon? Yeah, there you go. Love it. Love All it. right. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's uh, how about I play you 
uh, the thoughts of the people I spoke to, okay? This is, I asked people the question, mm-hmm. should yeah, Christians yeah. be minimalists, right? right? Should Christians be minimalists? And this is what they said. Yep. What do you reckon? <laughs> well, the question of minimalism <laughs> is an issue for me personally because I ha- I, that's not how I live. Right. So if I, if I think about this too much... Yeah. And find that that is my conviction. Yeah, that will cause me to have to do something. <laughs> I think that's just about the most honest thing you could say. Which, which is, which perhaps I should think more about. I've chosen to put it to the back of my mind. Okay. Um, so it's a personal challenge. I wouldn't use the word. I don't think necessarily God's calling us to be minimalists, but does. Does the gospel uh, require us to think about others before ourselves? Yes, it does. What does that look like in practice? Um, it probably means that we, I think we fall into the into the habit of conforming to a society which values possessions and things. And so I think Jesus has something to say that, that would challenge us in that area. Yeah. Mm. What would cause you to think about this more personally? Oh, inevitably. I mean, I think we get... I think one of the issues at the moment is that you you can get overwhelmed by, like, the need of others and, and therefore, as a reaction to that, you can block it out totally, block things out. So you you get inundated with emails or messages or for, for good causes. There's plenty of good causes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a reaction to that, it can be, I can't support everything, so I'll support nothing. Mm-hmm. Or do, I can't do, I can't solve every problem, so I'll solve no problem. Mm. And therefore I'll just go about my life. Should Christians be minimalist? Mm. Okay. I don't think there is a definitive answer as to whether Christians should be minimalist or not, but I do think when I reflect personally on what it means to be a Christian, that our values are not associated with materialistic objects or belongings. So that being said, I think that a minimalist lifestyle would align better with the Christian values. All right, so what do you think? Should Christians be minimalists? How do you feel when you hear that question? Mm. I think there's a good practice that is associated with maybe that mindset of being minimalist. Um, If you flip it to the other side of being extravagant or living, um, you know, to the extent that we can in the, especially the Western world, um, which is very consumeristic and, um, full of stuff, um, I think there's a bit of a problem there in consumer attitude and in the way that we actually treat the resources we have. Um, but should we give it all up? And so should we give it all up? I mean, is there a scale to minimalists? Like, can you <laughs> be on the upper end or the lower end? Yep. Yep. So I reckon somewhere in that scale there is probably... A Jesus-led way of living. Okay. 
Um, and so why do I think that? Why do I think we shouldn't just consume stuff? Because, mm. I don't know, there seems to be just something inherently selfish about that or self-centred about that or um, something that's not caring about others in that. I've, it, it just, for some reason, I feel like Jesus was would live the life of simplicity. I think Jesus would... Um, would be more in that mindset. So I, that leads me to wonder if maybe as followers of Jesus, we should be um, thinking about that too and what that might look like um, for us as, as followers of his way. Mm. That's really good. Thank you. Cool. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. All right. Now, Chris, before you respond to that, and I want to hear, we, we, you, can, you can talk about the things that you, hear, that, that you heard mm, mm. there, but I want to point something out that as I was chatting with people, uh, what stood out to me, and it was a really humbling thing, which was you and I, we talk about these huge things every week, and uh, they're big deals. And the thing that stood out to me as I chatted with these people was the thoughtfulness and um, the desire to actually do what actually honours God uh, is is there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The actually processing and thinking through of these real life biblical ideas, issues, mm. um, what it means to follow Jesus and day to day stuff. People, people don't um, gloss over them on purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the wrestling is real. When there's wrestling, it's, it's real. Yeah, you know, people aren't yeah on autopilot here. No, 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 mm, no. And right. I think there's a lot of respect there for people mm. who um, to even consider these things. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I, so <clears throat> as I mentioned, I'm a frustrated minimalist myself, non-practicing, um, but perhaps wish I was. And I heard some of that in in a number of um, what what the people there just shared, uh, and that kind of that that's a similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, Rather than kind of commenting on specifics, I guess maybe I can tell you a bit about some of my Go for frustrations um, and and uh, how I feel like I can't be the sort of minimalist I want to be. Or, mm-hmm. but then I question it as well because I think there's a few levels actually to my the tension I feel about about being a minimalist. One is, hang that, on, hang like, on. Before before we jump in, I feel yeah. like we've begun at this tone where it's just a given that the answer is yes, Christians should be minimalists. Well, Do you know what I, I mean? So I, there's, there's a level of my frustration. Oh, okay. You were about to say that that there would not. I, it was one of the. It was a deeper level. Oh, I'm sorry. Once, once we get deep, once we get <laughs> I'm deep, just saying that's deep. the t- <laughs> that's the tone that we've like sort of <clears> yeah yeah right off. right. It's almost right. this and assumed reality. Yes, we should. We absolutely yeah. should. Which is interesting, yeah. right? That 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 in itself is interesting because um, that's been debated in Christian history, right? Simplicity is mm-hmm. not a new kind of idea as no. a thing that uh, people. I mean, people look at Jesus and go, "Hmm, he didn't seem to." You know, he talks about having had no place to lay his head and yep. um, he seemed to live pretty simply. Didn't accumulate stuff. Didn't seem to have a permanent kind of house, even to sort of renovate and. 
right. spend money and effort on, um, yeah. and and you know, like so that there's a there's a sort of uh, degree to which um, people have said, yeah, Christians should that that's the that's the the ideal, and yep. you know, in kind of medieval Europe, there was this ideal that the particularly those who had dedicated their, their lives to God as monks and nuns and things would simplicity was a key part of that. Although interestingly, it was it was for those people. And because it couldn't, the rest of the rest of normal people couldn't, or was the sort of idea, or there was then debate about that, right? Right. right. So, so, so the the thing you're raising is not a new question. Like, is is it? Okay. You know, should should they should we be minimalist? Should we pursue simplicity? Is that what we're called to? Um, but there's a pretty. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to get around Jesus saying things like, uh, "You cannot serve two masters. You can't <laughs> serve both God and money." Like that. That sounds yep. like he's making it pretty simple. It's one or the other. Yes, um, and you don't although get it might both. not be minimalism that he's referring to. Do you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And that's there. Yeah. Okay. Can I say my tensions now? Please. I think Sorry, I jumped in. in. No, yep. that's fine. That's fine. It's good. Yep. So uh, one of my tensions is um, I have kids who are kind of only just coming out of that young kid phase, um, yeah. where like we just the, the amount of plastic <laughs> that you yes. have to like put yeah. things in or even I remember when my kids were really little and you'd sort of take them over to a friend's house and it was like packing to take an army with you. There was that many, <laughs> all the things that you kind of – now, I don't know who told us we needed them. I mean, often we found we would use them. You know, you need to give them some sort of something to play with. You need to have yep. changes of yep. clothes for when they, you know, get dirty and you mm-hmm. need to have like – a million nappies, depending on what they're doing at the time, and all, all the stuff. You need the stuff, right? And yes. so it feels it feels like you're I'm drowning under stuff that I don't I don't want in my life. Actually, I don't, I, it's not don't my choice. I would I would prefer to have a whole lot less of it, uh-huh. right? Um, and when I go into my kids' rooms, and uh, you know, it's kind of clean up time on the weekend. It's like, yeah. Your kids are forcing you to become consumeristic, is what you well, saying. I, I blame, yeah, I blame them. Kid. I blame them. Uh, it's nothing to do with me. No, uh, but you know, it's, and it's not just them. Actually, there's a whole lot of stuff where life just seems. You know, we've just moved into a rental, and so there's been packing, and now there's unpacking of boxes, and you just like you have a lot of stuff. stuff yeah. Wow, and how do we? And do we need? And, yep. Oh. And so, so I feel that that tension in that it's it's. You know, even though I would choose not to, and and perhaps would be committed to, and think that there's a degree of call to simplicity and minimalism that I, you know, I, I feel a tension in my present about that, uh, and that I I kind of can't for some reason. I, I struggle against there's there's a sort of a gravitational pull to just stuff. It draws more stuff to it, and it just surrounds me and sort of. Are drowning in it in lots of ways. Yeah. So I hear that, right? And mm. I think that that's a lot of a lot of people's experience, a lot of people's feeling. Yeah. Like what I said before, it's almost yeah. like we start at that position. Yeah. Our culture is so crammed with stuff that mm. we, we hold that in one hand and at the other hand we read the Bible and do feel like what you said before. Yeah. Jesus says you can't serve both God and money and yet somehow it feels like we are a little bit. Right. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. My question for you is then how do you, how do you deal with the tension? Because well, I think, yeah, what, what I think is the case is, uh, I reckon if we say what the right answer is, like if you and me have a conversation today and talk about should Christians be minimalist, I don't even know if that's the most helpful thing to talk about because the All should right. bit sucks, right? The should yeah, bit, right. that's yeah. we already feel like we should, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. So how do you deal with that tension? Not as mm. a way to uh, eviscerate it, to sort of sure, alleviate sure. yourself from yeah, you know, yeah. some sense of responsibility. But yeah. how do we actually find Jesus in yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. And my, I mean, my natural impulse, um, maybe because I'm a little bit perverse or something, is to sort of lean into it a bit more even. And this is where the second layer of tension for me comes okay. from, is to actually okay. say, you know, just to do some digging. Why do I feel that tension? Why do I feel that kind of level of guilt and even sort of shame? Like, you know, you may have seen in the video that we recorded last week, um, mm. I was kind of un- unreasonably close to the screen, right, because <laughs> I, I, was in a, I was in a room, didn't have the usual kind of blur like you do on Zoom, and I was trying to, you know, block out the stuff. That, and so, you know, like there's a... And, and, but then, okay, the thing to do with that well, is because you, know, you felt why, bad about your stuff. Why? Where does that come from? Yes, yes. Where does that come from? And for me, there's a there's a part of my childhood experience that that feeds into this, right? That I I lived in a context where there was lots of stuff that I didn't choose to put there. It was kind of my one of my parents' preferences around household kind of decoration, mm-hmm. uh, and a context in which I observed both of my parents. Um, doing gardening every weekend because there was just stuff to maintain, and they didn't they didn't do it because they seemed to enjoy it or right, kind right. of at least that wasn't the impression I got. It was just like oh, stuff to do, yeah. uh, and and also just there was it wasn't just the physical stuff. There was a lot of um, kind of noise. I'm an introvert, and my childhood was not conducive to that really, other than. I developed a pretty protective, self-protective way of blocking a lot of things out and focusing on one thing, even when there's lots of distractions and noise. And 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 so I, I kind of, ha- you know, in some ways, the the for me, there's there's not just well, it's in the Bible, and it seems like Jesus says you can't love both God and money, and it should, mm-hmm. should be minimalist. Mm-hmm. That should for me is informed by this whole backdrop of who I am and how I grew up and. Um, that that I kind of it's almost desperate a desperate need to get get okay. out from under the avalanche of stuff that's okay. burying me. I hear that, and I like what you're saying. I think that's great, right? What you're mm. talking about is well, I've lived both sides of this. I've lived a side where it actually wasn't very good for me. It didn't feel mm. good, mm. or mm. I'd like to get away from that, right? Yeah. But my question then is: so how does the gospel? Um, how is the gospel good news for us in this? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think for me as, you know, a what, typical evangelical, I, we talk yeah. about the gospel in sense of the power that saves us, right? Mm-hmm. But the Bible clearly speaks about the gospel in another way, in the broad spectrum, in the big picture, the wide-angle um, mm-hmm. view of mm-hmm. things in, in which God is actually at work to restore all things, you know, yes. to, as he intended in, and, and right. for us to in, enjoy in its best form, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yep. And so there's this ongoing restoration, which in some ways means um, our eyes are open to stuff that shouldn't be here, mm. and in other ways then our eyes become open to um, stuff that should be here, right? right? Right, Like stuff that should be fixed and made new and, and, and re- restored, really. Right, right. Yes, and there's an element of that which is um, so the – But what's, what's at, good about that? That's my well, question. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean – How does it meet I, this? Yeah, well, uh, maybe this is tangential, but I, th- I feel like there's an element of that in which the Bible is and the, and the story of God, this kind of cosmic story you've painted, is not 
like kind of Greek philosophy, like Plato or something, where where physical stuff is intrinsically bad, and therefore you know try and have as little of it as possible to loose your sense of attachment to it when you do have it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Actually, physical stuff is good. There's a, the the new creation is a new heavens and a new earth. Yes. Right? it's not a kind of clouds, right. Simpsons kind of floating. Yeah. Ethereal, ethereal yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's a physicality to it now, a transformed, yes. kind of glorified physicality. I believe it's. You know, I'm not sure exactly how to pinpoint that and put all pull the threads all together from from the Bible, but I do believe um, the problem is not that we're kind of too materialistic. Actually, the Bible would encourage us to be. We need to be more materialistic to see what is the the matter that really matters and will matter in the long run and the things that are going to last um, and be oh, part no. of that glorif- glory. Hold your horses a little bit there. Hang yeah, on right. a second. Right, I'm running, yeah. Explain that more materialistic. Explain it. Yeah, so, I mean, the thing about, and this is back to back to that passage where Jesus says you can't serve both God and money, right? He he says some really interest, uh, something really interesting there. Let me go back. Let me find it. It's um, Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and the, the, I, I got onto this. We need to be more materialistic when I was reflecting on this, right? Because um, Jesus talks about the, the full context is: Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Mm-hmm. For where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Uh, and then he goes on to say the thing about no one can serve two masters a, a few couple of verses later. Either will hate the one, love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. But this this treasure thing is interesting, right, because he says it the opposite way from how I would say it. Mm-hmm. Right? I would say where your heart is, you know, because of what you love, there, that's what, where you'll accumulate treasure. But Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right. Your heart follows what you love. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, and there's a kind of, it's like a tractor beam. Yeah. Right. The stuff you have exerts a pull on you and on your heart and where you kind of invest. Now, you know, it's treasure in heaven, so it's speaking metaphorically. But but as I say, I think the, the biblical picture is of a um, – Heaven is ultimately speaking not some ethereal place, but but a, a renewed creation, glory, where there's physicality to it. You know, Jesus has a resurrection body, and and that's a picture and a preview of our and and so there's a so are you investing being... for eternity? Yeah, actually, can be I think uh, yeah needs to fight our tendency to invest for the present and to have the stuff that we have kind of exert that pull on our hearts because, I mean, this is what happened, right? When we when I went from renting to yeah. owning a house, yeah. the way the cracks in the walls affected me and my heart changed, <laughs> right? That Literally, I, I, I felt, I felt oh. different, differently about it. When yep. it was renting, it's like, oh, that's crap, and I have to get onto the landlord and they won't respond yep. forever because, you know, we don't have to go through the real estate agent who doesn't care at all, and then the landlord cares a bit, but not that much until we start threatening not to pay rent, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like, it's annoying, <laughs> but it's like, it's someone else's problem, right? But then yeah. when I own it, or, or the bank owns it, and I owe the bank a lot of money for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's my problem and I feel different. I worry, worry about it. I Okay. Uh, so what does that reveal about your heart then? And, and what does that reveal about well, this? Well, it, my treasure, you? the fact that yeah. I've accumulated something here, just yeah. necessarily tugs on me. Yep. And the way to fight it is not to pretend that I'm kind of not, it's not important or um, I'm not really connected to it. It's, it's to invest in what, in the long, longest term, in the heavenly things, the, the things of glory of the new creation, the ultimate things, the lasting things, and to accumulate more treasure there to kind of counterbalance, if you like, to, and to pull my heart towards that, that, those things. So can you rephrase that now, like what you said before about the being more materialistic in, you know, response to what you just said then about? Yeah, you know, so I think, I mean, I think what we often mean by materialism is we shouldn't be attached to our stuff and have too much stuff. And, and at one level, um, sometimes you can't, you can't help it or, you, you know, it's not bad to own a house, right? There's, in fact, good things you can do with the resources and the things you own yeah, and have. Sure. You can be hospitable, you can be generous, yeah. you can share them. And you um, wouldn't be able to do that as much if you didn't have some things. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the way to combat the tendency to just have, have the things we have become so enormous that they block out yeah. the light of eternity, if you like, Mm-hmm. is to, to make sure we're investing in things that really last all right, all more, right. more so as well, so much so that it, put, so, it it draws our vision and it fills our hearts. Yeah. So are you saying, tell me if I'm hearing you correctly here, mm-hmm. are you saying something along the lines of it's not bad to have stuff, right? Yep. Maybe yep. there's a point where it is, maybe mm-hmm. when, you know, we've got so much stuff that it's just – We've accumulated because our hearts just said we don't need more stuff. That's bad, right? But what you're saying is it's not bad to have some stuff. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what what the goal of that stuff should be, the place of that in our heart should be that I get to use that to somehow participate in what God's doing here, what mm-hmm. God's doing yeah. on earth for his glory. That that has captured my heart more yes. than this physical object. Yes. This yes. thing has captured my heart. And so, yes. therefore, this object becomes a conduit to be able to, you know, participate <laughs> yeah. in this bigger thing. That's Is right. That what you're so, I think so. And the way, the way okay. Paul says that in okay. 1 Timothy 6, right, he says, he's telling Timothy what to teach to various groups of people. And he says, as for the rich in this present age, so he's not saying there's none of them, yeah. you know, the early church included some rich people. Jesus sure. had some yep. rich Backers, yep. know, often women of means, mm-hmm. and it's not like they're bad, they're not allowed. No, right, they're right. part of the Christian community. So as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty mm-hmm. nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches. That's where you let it loom so large that it pulls your heart towards it and you lose sight of other things, but to set your hope on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. That's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not supposed to not enjoy our stuff and kind of through gritted teeth, well, I'm not. I'm meant to be yeah. a minimalist and so I've yeah, got yeah, stuff yeah. for it and it's bad. I shouldn't really like it. You know, to enjoy it. God richly gives us for everything to enjoy, to do good, to be rich in good works, yeah. to be generous and to be ready to share, right? Because, you know, the thing I've discovered and I'm learning more and more and I, I learned actually from my in-laws first of all was being someone who is generous and shares and he's hospitable 
actually is the surest path to enjoying your stuff more. Yeah, yeah. Right? You, you don't enjoy it more when you just keep it for yourself and it fills your vision and crowds everything else out and yeah, you get worried yeah, yeah. about cracks in the walls. But when you're, yeah. when you're using it to share and to draw others in and to bless and serve others, mm. that's when you, you really enjoy it. And uh-huh. you're, you're being rich in a real way. And here, this is the kicker, verse 19 of 1 Timothy 6, thus yeah. storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so yeah. that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. So the way that we treasure our earthly things actually mm. is mm. provides for us a way that we treasure what's heavenly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this That's is good. Right. This is yeah. good. Can I, this is, yeah. Can I, can I share? There's another layer to this. Now, this is okay. um, this is just something I am noticing in my experience mm-hmm. that I think confirms and kind of complements what we've been saying in, in an interesting way. Yeah. And that is so. So you, we've talked before about how we're uh, renovating our house. Yep. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, the architects who we've engaged, who's a friend of mine, uh, Christian, wonderful. Um, uh, they've done a bunch of other projects, which we've seen. We've seen pictures of and and kind of considered as we've sort of thought about what we want. And one of the houses they've done is a house house they call a project they call the Stealth House. Right, and the stealth house is kind of, at one level, pure minimalism in its aesthetic. Right, it's it's clean lines, it's uncluttered. Um, there's no, you know, it's not like um, if you were to look around this rental property I'm in now, like where there's stuff on every bench and visible kind of. It's but but they've to do that right. They've got this cupboard even that's it's amazing uh, where. It's, it's like a pantry kind of thing with coffee making and all the sort of the breakfast yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, it's got doors that close in front of it and completely like it just looks like almost a smooth surface. You don't see any clutter there, right? And then you, you open them by kind of pushing them to – they kind of push out and then slide in sideways. So when it's open, you don't, you're not even seeing the doors. You're just working out the space. And then, you mm. know, if it's still messy, when you need to leave the house or have someone over, you just <laughs> shoo, stealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It is, and, and it's minimal, minimalist, right? Well, it's that, clutter, that, clutter. Well, sure, sure. That whole thing is like just ridiculously um, complicated and expensive and yeah. um, material kind of in, you have to you have to invest heavily in that to make that sort of thing work and that's yeah. that's what i'm noticing about minimalism as cuz i am drawn to it as an aesthetic right i think yes, maybe i, I, I learned it. this yeah. i learned this in in my kind of early teens that i, I love you know love a bit of minimalism and clean in it uh-huh. that to get it and to keep it like that uh is like thoroughly anti-minimum, like you have to you have to accumulate and work and right. earn and to, to do that, to pull that off. <laughs> right. 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 And so there, there's a kind of, there, there's a sense in which it, it might look minimal, might look like my life is uncluttered. That's that's kind of a luxury and a massive expense and a, and a huge amount right. of work and effort to get and maintain and hold on to in all sorts of ways, not just houses, but, but an yeah. uncluttered schedule. Imagine that. 
um, yeah, yeah, without yeah, meeting yeah. after meeting after meeting. Well, yeah. actually, that's that that takes a serious amount of work to do and to hold and to maintain. You, my friends who are Thanks. inbox zero people, right? Yeah, yeah, it's e minimalism. <laughs> E-minimalism. Yeah, and and <laughs> I don't have a problem with e minimalism. It is. It takes so much work, so much work, and they're constant. And you, know, what if they get emails on their weekend? <laughs> oh, what do I do? Right. Do I just? But, but I think what you're saying is there's a there's an exposing here of mm. of more something that's aesthetic in nature than actually what's happening in our own heart. That actually right. Yeah. 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 What, and and what, and what often that value, thing. often that value on yeah. minimalism, like like I said for me from my childhood sources and the roots of it, um, there's it's not pure like oh well Jesus says you can you know because actually Jesus and we've read what Paul says about where you really invest and what Jesus says about where your treasure should be, not that you shouldn't have treasure but where it should be. Right, um, right. And, and those things um, we, we layer with or, or see through a filter that's like, oh, it's good to have like not have clutter or it's, it's, you yeah. know, it's that aesthetic kind of preference yep. and desire and for me an es- escape thing, right, that I just I'm like there's so much noise and clutter and I need to have my own headspace and focus and not have that around so um, and yet I recreate it in all sorts of ways if you saw my the desktop of my computer it's like horrifying for anyone who desires minimalism sure right and and so I'm but but that whole thing we we bring is not you know we make assumptions about whether that is that is what the way of Jesus and the call of Jesus means and I just I, I wonder. I, I don't. I'm not necessarily convinced that that's the case. Well, you could have a I whole bunch of it. stuff in a very cluttered house. Right? I don't hear you just wondering. I hear you slamming pretty hard, <laughs> 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 which I'm okay with. I think sure, we need sure. to. I think we can't have sort of this really honest thought through approach, like where we where we, you know, something in our gut tells us, like having mm, accumulation mm. of all this stuff, you know. Mm. We start at this point where we realise that's probably not a good thing and then sort of be okay, like tiptoeing around, well, you know, if mm. if we're just, you know, uh, reshuffling our wealth to look yeah. a different way, that's right. not that's right. that good. We're still, we've, we're just finding yeah. new ways to accumulate that right. remove mess from our life. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm okay mm. for you, man, like just to come out and go, no, 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 no. I'm not wondering. I just don't think that's good. <laughs> I'll, well, tell you, no. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it comes from me. Okay. Right. Because personally I've been in these situations, you know, this mm. sort of um, worldly gospel of, um, you know, pick something up, hold it in your hands, look at it and say, does this spark me joy, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. that's just feeding this me-centered thing in the first mm. place. Mm. When I went to, you know, those guys that do the minimalist stuff, like that have championed that cause, when that became a fad, when that was a thing, they right. did a world tour. They came to Melbourne. Uh, you heard about it. It was just a word of mouth thing. Mm. And my wife wanted to go. We went down to this. It was actually a church building mm. uh, in South Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And the, it, it was like a church service, man. And it was like people were preaching the gospel of minimalism. But right. there was wow. nothing There was nothing good that, that, was, being, um, that was drawing us to it. Mm. It was the good thing was get this stuff out of your life. It was just what can you remove? Mm-hmm. The hope wasn't in uh, the message of minimalism. The hope right. was in have less stuff. Yeah, right, right. And I think that there has to be this counter truth 
this mm. thing that what you, I, this is why I like what you're saying. There has to be mm. this counter truth where it's not just have less stuff. It's actually do it because there's something greater that that yeah. uh, actually you know actually sparks joy. Actually, yeah, sure, can give sure. us joy that beyond yeah. a possession can that yes. beyond not having a possession and, and can give us the joy of with those possessions we do have sharing them, being generous with them, blessing and serving others with them in ways that if we didn't have them, we would struggle to, right? I mean, one of the interesting things, again, at this rental I'm in, is it's got this kind of ramshackle garden with a whole lot of, you know, um, vegetable beds and fruit trees and things. And um, some people who've seen it are like, oh, it's just, it's a big mess and how do you know what to do here and there's all sorts of stuff and shouldn't it Mm. just be clean and minimal? But that mm-hmm. it produces stuff that they enjoy, the, the people who own the house. They enjoy it. They share it. There's, there's this, you know, the neighbours all around do similar and they, they share with each other and some mm. pe- people are growing tomatoes and other people are growing pumpkins and, and, mm. there's a, and, and a generosity of giving what, what this produces that if they didn't have them, they couldn't do. Yeah, um, and and imagine if that was then kind of caught somehow and refracted the light of eternity, mm-hmm. that that generosity, which is and and that sharing and that that enlarged enjoyment, um, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not only <laughs> at least about having a nice house, but yeah. it's about what can we do with what God has entrusted to us and providing for us, and how do we be rich towards God, rich in good works, store up treasure as a good foundation for eternity. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it. I think this is good. You know what? I, I think we don't have time to keep going with this conversation mm. today, but I think mm. I would love to keep talking about it another time because yeah, I feel sure. like there's so much here to talk about. Um, but I love mm. the way that just hearing the gospel being expressed here um, in a big, big sense as well as in a really personal heart sense too. Yeah, it's really good. Thanks, man. Good to chat. Thanks, Nathan. So good. Well, that was our conversation. Thanks for listening, and we hope it helps you have conversations of grace too. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, see ya.